Hi, everyone, and welcome to The Science of Storytelling, the podcast that explores the most unique and engaging content collaborations between publishers and advertisers. I'm Jared Grimm. Today, we're speaking with Tom Stern from Gothamist. Gothamist presents the day's news in a tongue-in-cheek and shirt-untucked fashion, which has made it the go-to source of information for New Yorkers, or really anyone who wants to be a New Yorker. Last year, the site collaborated with Blue Apron to promote their Whole30 meals. While New Yorkers are infamous for never using their kitchens, the content emphasized how easy it can be to make meals at home. Tom shared with us the secret sauce that makes Gothamist successful, how their site's intimate connection with their audience makes them an excellent brand partner, and why Cynthia Nixon's newsworthy bagel order was so controversial. Stay tuned. Tom, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. It's great to have you on here. I know you and I have known each other for a few years, years now. now. I think yeah. back since 2014 when yeah. we were first talking about Jose Cuervo and That's right. I took the call from my cell phone and got billed for it at the end of the month. So, <laughs> <laughs> so What's I, this I, call I remember, from Canada? Remember it like it was yesterday. <laughs> Five years later, here for we sure. are. I still owe you $4.75 <laughs> for that call. Uh, no, I know we've uh, we've known each other since Pressboard started. Uh, you're at Gothamist at the time. You're at Gothamist now. Lots in between. Uh, I'd love to start by by you sharing. Our audience may not know you personally as well, so can you share a little bit about your career uh, over the last while and and where you're at now and how you got there? Absolutely. Um, so yeah, I, I've been at Gothamist since July 2014, right when we first started talking. So coming up on, on five years in just a few short months, which in this industry is you know quite, quite a milestone. I made my way into sales uh, through the agency world, as I think a lot of us have. I had a great experience working at VaynerMedia for Gary, and I think agency experience is something everyone should have on, on the sales side to know what all of our planners and buyers are going through on a hourly and lots of hourly and, and day-to-day basis. Um, had worked at a, a SaaS startup headquartered out in San Francisco before that called Social Course. But in sales, I, you know, five years down the line, here I am loving it as much as, as when I started and probably more. Um, and it's been a fantastic ride with, with Gothamist as, as we've grown and evolved and, uh, to be able to evolve our offerings as well. Um, as the industry changes, you know, week in, week out, month in, month out. And, to see how far we've come in terms of our, our capabilities and, and our offerings has, has really been astounding. And, but at the core of that, the, the mission of the company has, has stayed the same, and that's being you know, New York's most beloved news site on, on the digital front and being able to, to share what's going on every day with real New Yorkers and really fill a void in, in the marketplace that, that no one else is really covering. And Gothamist is known as that. It's known as... You know, New York's like what's going on, news, everything type site. Is that what attracted to it in the first place? Yeah, absolutely. One of the things that that really spoke to me when when I saw the job listing was I was already a reader, um, and it was in my my daily rotation for you know restaurants to go to, things to do, um, news stories that you weren't going to find anywhere else. Um, and so I saw the job posting listed on the site and thought, you know, let's, let's give this a go. And, you know, I think at, at the core of what Gothamist covers, you know, whether it's news, breaking the story about the L train shutting down and then a year and a half later not shutting down and then maybe shutting down, um, you know, to breaking stories like Pizza Rat. I mean, this is stuff that you're not going to find anywhere else. And one of the things that really appealed to me about 
about the company and, and the site was the way the news is kind of presented tongue-in-cheek and in a shirt-untucked fashion. Um, you can go anywhere to a lot of other publishers, you know, digital, linear, you name it, and everything mostly sounds the same, and it's hard to pick out of a lineup where it's coming from. With Gothamist and the brand and the voice and the tone, I really feel like on the editorial side, you can tell a Gothamist piece apart from, you know, if you're picking it out of a lineup, um, and that kind of essence was was really attractive and and I think still is to you know our readers, our, our client partners, and, and everyone in between. Yeah, I'm not from New York. Are you from New York originally? I'm from Boston originally, so I'm okay. behind enemy lines here. But I've been here for <laughs> coming up on nine years. Nine so. years, but it's still short enough that I can get home at a moment's notice. Right. <laughs> well, what I loved about Gothamist being uh, not from New York was that it had this. It felt like I got this inside scoop. Right. So I would be able to look at. You know, maybe it was even just a review of a restaurant or a theater show or something like that. And I felt like I was getting not the tourist version of it, but the New Yorker version of it. And yeah. I think every every tourist wants to feel like a local when they're in a city. Uh, and it's really tough to emulate that uh, through a publication when you're, if your target audience was tourists, to try and be authentic to New York. Because I think what, what Gothamist does a good job of of bridging is this idea that this is going to be for New Yorkers, for New York, uh, but that it does have a wider appeal beyond that. Is Gothamist's audience, like if you were to say what its core audience is, who is it? What? Who is that person? Uh, where do they live? What do they do? Yeah, and we've we've done a ton of work on on the research side, you know, comparing the the quantitative stuff with the qualitative stuff. But before I answer that, I think you brought touched on a really interesting point about. Um, everything we strive to do, we want to have that insider feel, um, whether it's for local New Yorkers or tourists or people that have lived here previously, but never to be exclusionary. Um, and it's always in an inclusive fashion. Uh, the way we think of the, the Gotham's brand and, and voice and tone is, you know, your friend that's really in the know and always has the scoop, um, but they're always happy to share it with you. They're not saying, oh, like, We've got this great restaurant, but if I tell you, I'll never be able to get a tea. Right. We want people to know about it. Right. Um, and to that end, you know, it's, I always get a kick when you go to a restaurant and you see a Gothamist review up in the window or on a homepage, which which happens all the time. But but to your point, I think you know who the Gothamist reader is. It, it can be a multitude of folks. It can be someone living here who's lived here for you know thirty plus years. We hear from our readers all the time that they come here for their local news every day. It could be someone who's just moved to town and is looking for things to do uh, in the arts and entertainment section. If they're looking for kind of our, our weekend roundup of things to do or, or monthly things to do list. And those events lists are, are hugely valuable. Uh, we get a ton of, of folks coming to us, you know, if, if their parents are in town looking for great restaurant recommendations that they wouldn't normally go to themselves um, and, and things of that nature. And so whether you live here, whether you fantasize about living in New York or simply want to know what's going on in the cultural capital of, of the country. Um, we've got things for, for everybody. Yeah. Um, and, and covering such a wide swath of, of topics between news, arts and entertainment, food, politics, real estate, everything that doesn't fit into those kind of three uh, columns we have on the front page, as well as kind of all the wacky, wild things that get shoehorned that, that are kind of uniquely Gothamist as well and uniquely New York. Right. The media industry isn't a, an easy one by any means, from you know changes to Facebook's algorithm to uh, changes in ad demand or, or you know CPM rates going down. So, how does Gothamist 
manage that? How do you how do you continue to build an audience? How do you make sure that it's an ongoing concern uh, from a business perspective? Totally. I mean, in in the past five years, and then in you know the eleven years of the company before before I joined on, um, I think the biggest thing that kind of wards off against not to say fads, but you know the the volatility of the marketplace all comes back to authenticity um, and really having a strong entrenched tone and voice. And we don't think of our, our readers as, you know, users or uniques or anything like that. We think of them as a community. And, and I think the biggest part to grow an audience over time is to really have committed readers who have personal relationships with the writers who know what they're coming to. And in the past, when we've done site redesigns and we have to be really conscious about how we roll some of those out, just because you always have kind of the potential uprising from from readers and I'm sure a lot of the other publishers that have can can attest to this is that you really have to be thoughtful about those changes and you know we've we've really taken pains to be a reader first reader centric publication whether that comes from the editorial content to the look and feel of the site to the the client partners and and advertisers that we work with and into our ad stack as well you know that's that's a huge part of it um, but we're always thinking about how we can have the cleanest, simplest experience for, for the reader. And if we're foregoing, you know, some dollars or some campaigns in the short term, for us, the, the long-term benefits of not only retaining, but, but growing the audience through, through that authenticity has been, has been paramount. Can you speak to, especially you being working with clients uh, for your, how you earn your own, your own role there. Um, can you speak to how Gothamist works with brands and advertisers? Yeah. I, and I think, again, it, it all comes back to authenticity. Um, when folks are looking to reach a New York City audience that is insanely committed to to the publication and to being a fan, that's something that, that we can really leverage to, to help folks out, um, whether it's from a, a CPG brand or a cultural institution. Gothamist and that name and what it represents carries weight in, in New York. You know, I the old thing. Yeah. If, if you try to be something for everybody, you end up being nothing, every, to, nothing to anybody. Yeah. Um, and and what we are is we're very defined, and we know that we're not for everybody, and we know that not every client partner is for us mm-hmm. or for our readers. So in the same way that that we're a bit picky and a bit choosy about who we work with, it all goes back to to making sure we're delivering the best reader experience. Yeah. Um, and and I think a huge part of that is. We've had this developed voice and tone, and that's been honed and, and grown over the past 16 years. Um, and so when folks come to us, uh, they know what they're getting into, and they know that we're able to deliver uh, an audience that's educated, affluent, interested in New York, uh, primarily living in New York City, which is a huge a huge sticking point for, for a lot of folks. Um, and, and we've had a ton of success working with local advertisers all the way up to Know, some of the biggest multinationals who are looking to focus on the New York market, and and why wouldn't they? Yeah. Um, and so whether it's kind of from a, a media standpoint or a local market initiative, you know we've had a ton of success working with folks on all those different scales. Yeah, and I want to I want to talk about one of those specific uh, brands that you've worked with, which is Blue Apron. So Blue Apron and Gotham, I'll let you speak to the program itself, uh, but I'd also like to know why 
Blue Apron was the right fit for Gothamist and why Gothamist was also the right fit for Blue Apron. Yeah. Um, so recently we worked with them uh, in September on a custom content campaign uh, that focused on you know, September, summer's just ended, the wild and crazy times where everyone's running around the city, going nuts and you know traveling out of the city, weekend trips, everything like that. In the ad world, everyone can attest to if you're trying to Find a buyer or a planner during the summer. Good luck. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of out of offices. But we figured working with Blue Apron, um, we'd really be able to help them as they wanted to reach New Yorkers who were settling back into the swing of things uh, with summer ending and kind of doing a, a fall reset. Um, and so we worked with them to uh, develop a custom content campaign, uh, particularly around the their whole 30 recipes. And so they were really looking to tap into... Um, something they've invested in a, a lot, their program, uh, that's timely that if you walk around New York, you hear people talking about well, 30, you know, keto, uh, paleo, you name it. Um, and so we thought given our ties to food being one of our top three editorial categories, um, and a lot of the food coverage that we're known for, it'd be a perfect fit to tap into the New York centric nature of, of the post that where we could lend some expertise as well as to, to touch on our, our deep food roots, which is, you know, one of our top three categories where people are always yearning for, for more. Um, and especially with the ability to, to feature some of the visual nature of the recipes they had that, and to do so in a way that, that really looked like it, it looked and felt like a Gothamus piece, obviously written by our sponsorship and, and sales team rather than the editorial folks. But that was something where we really felt like it was a nice fit that, Folks in New York would want to know about something like this. Blue Apron wanted to reach folks in New York, so uh, X marks the spot. Yeah, and I, I find that it makes sense that, because Gotham is from a food perspective, a lot of times covers restaurants, right? So yep. going out, eating, uh, Blue Apron is the opposite. It's, sure. it's don't go to a restaurant or tonight stay in. Uh, but it, I think it does bridge that gap between, let's say, a recipe site uh, which we talk about recipes yep. all the time, where you have a lot of home cooks that are likely already have a fridge full of vegetables. Blue Apron might appeal to an audience that goes out a lot, maybe wants to cook at home, but doesn't have like chilies already. Yeah, right? absolutely. And especially in New York, you know, in particular, where if you try to go to a Trader Joe's, I know there's one right around here, the, the line's going to be all the way around the block. And if you don't want to wait an hour to pick up the specific items for, for a meal, you know, it was a perfect fit there. I think the other part of the New York nature that, that really kind of struck a chord is that with Blue Apron, you know, everything's right there. They make it super easy for you. Um, and in terms of kind of needing, uh, you know, a ton of kitchen space or anything, you'd see super accessible, super easy. Um, and especially for, for New Yorkers who are so busy and on the go, not super time intensive. Yeah. And then how do you, how do you or Blue Apron decide if this worked. Advertising is one of those things that often is uh, very difficult to measure. Yep. Uh, so so what is it that you're able to analyze and say, hey, this was a successful program? Yeah, we're always able on our end to, to track a number of metrics that, that are standard for all of our branded content, whether it's uh, impressions, page views, clicks, reader interaction rate, click-through rate, all, all the stuff that's probably pretty common uh, across all the publisher suite. We also with, with all of our branded content, include some social amplification as well. Um, so we're able to give a nice wide, uh, wide rounded package. But that's only the start of it, right? It's, it's one thing for us to measure how it performs against 
our other branded content, especially in certain verticals or, you know, for certain advertisers or client partners over time to see how it's performed with our audience. A lot of the really valuable information comes from the back end. And so it's from the client. You know, for us, we can say, you know, you doubled or tripled our, our benchmarks. But for the client, if it doesn't move the needle, then, you know, good for us. Mm-hmm. Um, but when, when we want to think about building content series and, and retaining business and growing business over time, it's super helpful for us to always have that relationship and back and forth to say, hey, you know, from your acquisition metrics or, or your numbers, um, how are things looking on your end? And, and that can be really impactful for how we think about developing content, placing links, uh, promo codes, anything like that, that we might be including. There's no, I'm sure you've gotten eight different answers from everyone you talk to, but there's no magic formula to, to, to doing this. And so um, that sort of working relationship and, and uh, collaboration, you know, from pre-sale in the, in the, in the content creation process to, to post-sale and reporting are all equally valuable as, as part of the process. And, you know, not thinking about the campaign as a one-off, but as, as one chapter in, in the book that we're writing together with, in our client relationships. Yeah, I think that is one of the struggles that I've seen in branded content. Some things are so easily uh, definable in online advertising. If you're doing a search program, your paid search, you're trying to get clicks on your search, it's very clear. Uh, if you're doing a display campaign, you're usually looking for this broad-based impressions or clicks. And then branded content has this idea of influence in it. And have you influenced someone to change behavior is like the holy grail of marketing, <laughs> right? Uh, but it's one of the most difficult things to be able to measure. So having this holistic approach makes sense. Uh, yeah, and, and to that point, I mean, on a, on a one-to-one basis, a lot of sometimes how, how we do get businesses client X will see their main competitor running branded content with us. Mm-hmm. And, and if it's on a sponsor post front or custom content or uh, on our dedicated e-blast uh, capabilities as well, if they're a reader and it lands in their inbox, we'll get, we'll get outreach saying, yeah. how can we do this? Walk me through this. And, and so to have potential client partners be our own readers is, is an incredible pool uh, to, to come from. Um, and especially with, uh, such a high concentration of planners, buyers, et cetera, in New York, yeah. um, to have that, that built in referral pool, um, and for folks to, to see things that we're already doing, um, and be impressed by it is, is the ultimate recommendation right yeah. there. I, that makes a ton of sense because one of the biggest challenges in any, um, any media is that your buyer often isn't in your audience. So you might be a parenting site, but the CMO or the brand marketer isn't parent, and so they don't necessarily frequent that site or, or that app or whatever it is. Uh, so I can understand that you know a New York media planner is probably highly familiar with Gotham. It's been around for what sixteen years. Sixteen yeah. years, right? So uh, it's a, a well-known publication within the market. How do you communicate Gothamist's value to someone? that has never heard of it. They're not from New York. They're buying out of LA yep. uh, or they're buying out of or Canada or any other market. Sure. How do you communicate what is really happening on the Gothamist in this city? It's funny that I've gotten dozens of meetings with people from, you know, other markets. And then when I go in, I say, you know, just no, no judgment here, scale of one to 10, how familiar are you with the brand? And some people will say zero. It's great. We've already gotten them in the door. We've gotten the meeting. Um, 
but those are very different conversations, right? Where um, for some people, if they're daily readers, they know all the ins and outs and, and you're right into the technical conversations or the audience or the demos. But the opportunity to start from the ground up and really educate folks who are at that zero or that one and say, oh, you know, I might have heard of this, you know, once upon a time from my cousin's brother's wife who lives in New York, something like mm-hmm. that. We really think about that as an opportunity to start that education process and and share everything that we have to offer from from the ground floor. Um, and that, you know, includes obviously the traffic, the demographics, but kind of like we, we spoke about today to really talk about the, the essence of the site and why it was created and, and the history and really coming back again to, to that authenticity and whether folks are looking to reach uh, native New Yorkers, people who have lived there all their life, uh, recent transplants, or even people that lived here for years, decades, and now live in LA, Canada, anywhere else and are a bit homesick. Um, to be able to reach them and, and really have that tie to the, the heartbeat of the city and, and know what's going on that that kind of some of the majors might not be covering um, and really kind of uh, peel the onion back and, and find out what's happening. Real stories for, for real New Yorkers on, on a day-to-day basis. And uh, what, in your opinion, where is Gothamus go next? What does the future of Gothamus look like? Yeah, the, the most exciting thing and Hopefully, I'm able to announce this. Uh, it's, it's public knowledge now. Um, in in April, we're launching uh, a weekly podcast, um, which is going to bring everything that we bring on on the site uh, to to the airwaves. And so, um, when you're when you're in the, the iTunes store, wherever you're listening to this, uh, go go and check out the Gothamist podcast. And you know, uh, we've we've made major national news with some of our different stories with Cynthia Nixon. You know running for governor and then getting a, a very uh, controversial bagel order that ended up on Stephen Colbert. Um, and so our hope is that as we continue to grow the audience and, and reach folks in, in different mediums and different platforms, that the the number of people that walk into a meeting with me who are saying they know Gotham instead of zero will decrease and, and we'll be starting a lot of those conversations uh, from from a higher number. Um, and so we've, we've got a ton, ton of resources now. Um, especially on the audio front. So we're super excited to continue everything we've been doing on, on the digital front and you know, remaining a, a digital first uh, publication, um, but to expand uh, into different mediums and, and really kind of flex our muscles and, and share what's uniquely Gothamist to, to more folks in more places, especially in ways that are uh, so intrinsically tied to New York. I mean, when you think about you're reading the site on, on the subway in the morning and then you're in the tunnel and it stops. If you've got the podcast right there, you just keep on trucking. Um, and then, um, so we're really excited about that and, and, and what's, what's going to come there. Yeah. It feels like a natural extension Absolutely. And, and especially being owned by New York public radio. I imagine the access to resources and experience and studios. Everything yeah. I mean, who, really who better to, to lean on know. than, you know, a, a, a huge titan in in the audio world and so uh, we're excited to to learn from them and uh and you know f- flap our wings there and in, in, in the podcast space great uh one final question we do a we do a book club at Pressport, so we like to ask everyone what their favorite book of all time is oh man i know favorite book of all time i'm when i when my friends listen to this they'll 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 laugh at me because i'm a huge closet nerd and, and a big Harry Potter guy. It seems like the obvious answer. Um, 
my favorite of those is is, is Goblet of Fire, the, the fourth one. I thought you were going to ask what I'm reading right now. And no, I, I, I had the gears are in my head. I'll, what are I'll you reading right now? You can do that. Um, I, that. I am in the middle of, it's called The White Van by Patrick Hoffman. It's a crime thriller. Uh, it takes place in San Francisco. This guy was a uh, private investigator in San Francisco for years and wrote uh, his first novel. He's since written one or two more, I think, about the, the seedy underbelly of the Tenderloin in, in San Francisco. And uh, like, I, like I said, I was on a, a couple of planes last weekend and it's hard to put down and, you know, the ding comes off and can take your seatbelt off, but you just want to keep reading. Right. So, uh, I've got about 75 pages left and excited to see it. it's, it's in my bag right now. Actually. So excited to see how it ends. Uh, but but that's been that's been a lot of fun. Well, Tom, thank you so much for being on the program today. Thanks for having me here, and it's great to be in New York and doing this with you in New York, talking about a very New York centric publication of Optimist. If you need any tips while you're here, you know, log on the site, and, yeah. and you know, we've got a ton of great stuff for your next twenty four hours here. Do that. <laughs> Thanks a lot. The Science of Storytelling is a podcast by Pressboard. It's hosted by Jared Grimm with design by Phil Chung and production by me, Leah Bjornsson. If you like the show, please subscribe on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, or sign up for our monthly newsletter. Visit PressBoardMedia.com to learn more.